Hello, welcome to Top Dog Podcast. I'm Katja. Hello, and I'm Adrian, and it's a podcast where we talk to people who do amazing things with and for dogs. Have you ever wondered how you can improve your dog's well-being? Ever wondered how you can make your dog happier? Then you have come to the right place. In this podcast, you will hear things you never thought would exist. Never believed are real. Never considered possible. In short, we speak dog. And that means it is time to unleash the dogs. This program is rated D for dog. It contains sniffing, scratching and doggy themes. Oh, wow. Oof, oof. The foot bones connected to the leg bone. The leg bones connected to the knee bone. The knee bones connected to the thigh bone. Why don't you love me? Because I want your pillow. Hey, Mr. Postman. Is there a letter in your bag for me? So, we do have many topics today, but first we start with the top dog odd spot. We tell here stories that make you cringe, laugh or cry. Katja, do you want to start with your first story? Yes, I do have, however, a word of warning. Be careful if you take your Mastiff hiking. Because Floyd, his master and family, went on a trail located... Uh, in the mountains outside of Salt Lake City. And along the way, they unfortunately took a wrong turn and uh, the track became way too steep. So the group decided to backtrack. And then Floyd decided that he had enough and he just refused to go on. He decided the hike was over there and then. And then because there was no reception, the group had to separate. Um, the main part of the group went to get help. The owner stayed with Floyd. And, uh, well, they needed uh, several humans to carry Floyd, who weighs about 190 pounds, or I think that's about 86 kilos. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. But Floyd was pretty good with being rescued. They put him first onto like some sort of a, a wheelie thing. And then uh, as bad luck has it, the wheel broke and then several people had to take turns and carry him down the mountain. And uh, well, he probably felt very important. Well, for sure. But what a silly idea to take him on a walk in the first place anyway. Yeah, well, it turns out he was just exhausted. And uh, that apparently is not unusual for the breed. One of the rescue workers said he has been receiving messages by other Mastiff owners who said that that's common and they do take a wagon with them when they go on long walks just for that occasion. Well, speaking of wagon, I mean, I do have a traveling story as well, but mine is not as cute, funny, uh, sort of silly. Mine is rather heart-wrenching. Shall I still tell that story? Yes. We need a balance. Okay. We do. Okay. It has a happy end. 
well I, I can I can say that much now anyway so it's about Merlin and Merlin is a Kelpie cross and she was traveling around Australia with her owner Simon unfortunately there was a car accident west of Bundaberg that's in Queensland in Australia and the owner Simon got killed in that car accident Merlin survived but she was so distressed that she bolted into the bushland Queensland's bushland. The community in North Burnett, which is the region where this accident happened, banded together in a bit to help his family, Simon's family, to track down the dog because the dog was the final link to their loved one. But hope faded because the area was drought affected, so there was a slim chance of survival. But believe it or not, two weeks later, a farmer, his name was Bill Curl in Eidsfold, that's a township in this region. He has been tracking Merlin's prints on his property and his property was near the crash site. So he spotted Merlin, he set up a trap, he asked uh, the parents of Simon to provide him with some belongings of the dog, so they gave him the bedding. He put the bedding inside the trap and chucked in a few pork steaks and just as well the next morning Merlin was trapped in that trap so they found her and of course Simon's parents they were well I wouldn't say over the moon but they were relieved so they said that they were so thrilled to have his dog and know that she's safe and well and they knew they can't bring their son back but they could find the dog and they can now make sure that the dog has a good life. So the search for Merlin gained national attention because they had put it up on Facebook and the post got shared 17,000 times. And as I said, it took two weeks to find the dog. It was difficult, but a huge relief to everyone. Wow, Ooh, that's a good story. And as you said, luckily with a happy ending. I like those. Adrian, these days, well-being is on everyone's mind. Uh, do yoga, eat superfood, um, your food needs to be organic, this and that, and it has to be right. Yeah, I, I know this is a trend, but who ever thinks of making sure that their dog is right? I mean, they are vets, they're dog behaviorists, they're nutrition consultants and physiotherapists, God knows what else. And we actually checked out a very swish place in Melbourne in a, a suburb called Gardenvale. It's a wellness center for your man's best friend or woman's best friend. And it's nestled amongst other similar services for humans. So you could drop off your dog at the dog wellness center with owner and physiotherapist Pearl Casabon. And you can go for a massage yourself next door. That's right, or a facelift or whatever you want. But that dog wellness center is actually a clinic, uh, is a holistic wellness and rehabilitation center for canines with a focus on post-operative rehabilitation and assistance for injured or aging dogs. Could you show us a little bit around? Of course. Come on through. So this is um, what I call my gym area, or I say the doggy gym area. So we've reserved a lot of space and 
collected lots of bits of equipment for rehabilitating dogs and putting them through various exercise plans depending on what type of ailment they have. So the main bulk of work and the main type of patients that I would see here from a physio point of view are dogs that are recovering from surgery or dogs that are aging and struggling with arthritic joints and as a result of that chronic degenerative process happening at the level of their joints they often get progressive weakening of their muscle system which affects their mobility and their you know day-to-day -day life with their owner so that's where physiotherapy can have a huge benefit um, not saying we don't see other unusual cases coming through um, but the main, the main bulk of work would be post-op rehabilitation and, and senior dog care. Now, I see a few things you might see in a human uh, sports gym environment yes. or physio environment. Well, absolutely. Some of these bits of equipment, yeah, you would see either in a physio rehab gym or at the local gym. Um, so a lot of the... A lot of the principles behind canine physio come directly from human physio and, and the human sports medicine and conditioning side. So I have just acquired some pieces that are definitely dog specific. So the peanuts are dog specific and the, uh, the canine fit bone is quite dog specific. Um, but other bits and pieces I've picked up in human, you know, human um, equipment centers and whatnot. And so that peanut ball is like a, what do you call it, Swiss ball? Or, yeah, or, yeah, like a Swiss yeah. ball, but maybe gives, allows, because it's longer, it allows for a little bit more stability for the dogs. So the, the round ball is very difficult unless you've got a very small dog that you can sit directly on top of it, whereas the peanut gives a bit more of a surface area. Yeah. So you were saying that you work with treats with the dogs, otherwise they're, they're quite happy to perform the exercises? Yeah. Well, dogs are super athletic and often much more athletic than we give them credit for. So, uh, you know, depending on a dog's level, I will pick a piece of equipment starting from very basic, which might be just like a foam pad, which is this one here. Um, and that would be a challenge for a dog who's just had knee surgery. Mm. Whereas a young fit dog like Tonka would need something like the peanut because his system is very much strong and intact and he needs to be challenged in a different way. So I picked the pieces of equipment suitable to the dog and then um, used treats. Yeah. The audience <laughs> show was always... Yeah, to show. Yes, yeah. we could do some, some, some exercise. Because most dogs, not every dog, but a lot of dogs are food orientated. Mm -hmm. So they are, you know, driven by the treats and the rewards. So you use nice, delicious treats to encourage particular movements or positions on the various pieces of equipment. And generally I find that most dogs really enjoy it from a physical point of view and also from a mental point of view. They enjoy the challenge of performing it, getting the reward, progressing the exercise, make it, making it more difficult. So there's a real cognitive level to the training that we do here as well, which is important very much with the older dogs, like humans, that we use that philosophy, move it or lose it. And if we're not keeping our bodies conditioned from a human point of view and from a canine point of view, you know, the brain and the messages can slow down to the muscle and the body and that can affect movement overall and, and quality of life, really. So it's, um, it's amazing what you can see the dogs of all ages and all sizes do in here. So it's a fun room. This is my fun room. <laughs> Do you, do you think the tendency these days is, like with humans, that they don't move enough? 
Because you, you know, there's a rule that you take your dog out for walks at least an hour or two yeah. hours a day, actually. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I like to think that most owners are responsible and take their dogs out for, um, for a walk and get the stimulation that they need. But something I think might be another consideration in that level is sometimes I see dogs that aren't very fit who maybe don't get enough exercise but are still then expected to jump up in the air for frisbees or, you know, maybe their owner might be very busy during the week but at the weekends they go out for a run alongside the owner while they're riding on the bike. And, and that, to me, when the dog isn't optimally conditioned for those types of things, leaves the dog in a bit of a vulnerable situation from an injury point of view. So uh, that probably worries me a little bit more than the, you know, not getting enough exercise every day. I, I think sometimes dogs, just their activity levels aren't as well considered by the owners because we, we're generally not used to thinking them of them like people. But I, I look at Melbourne now and I think anyone who has a dog in my area, we all, we all refer to them as our fur babies and we are thinking of them more so as, you know, individuals and parts of the family and, and therefore I think moving forwards I'd like to educate people about, you know, how best to condition the dog for your life or the life that they live with, with each family. Do you show the dog owners also exercises to do at home? Oh yes, yes. Oh, it's really important actually because physiotherapy, you know, uh, Unless it's a really acute case, you know, after surgery or whatnot, um, where physiotherapy needs to be very hands-on and very regular, generally with the, the dogs that aren't too chronic with their issues or not too acute, I like to see a dog with an owner and give them stuff to work on at home so that it can be formed on a regular basis, a bit like a, an exercise program for ourselves. We get more benefit if we perform that for short periods regularly than doing it once a week or once a month or once every couple of weeks. So I like to give ownership of physiotherapy and rehabilitation to the owner mm -hmm. and then they carry over that with their dogs at home. And I can say to people, you know, you can buy this piece of equipment at Kmart, mm -hmm. something similar to what I have here and people can gather, you know, a couple of pieces that they use at home. Sometimes I'll say, you can use this step, um, you know, and we can make plan an exercise regime around one step in a person's home to make it specific to their needs and their dog. So, yes, homework is very, very important in this setting. And, and again, it, the dogs enjoy it. They get better at it. They improve more. It enhances the bond between the owner and the dog. Some people say that the dogs start listening to them more from a behavioral point of view when they start doing the training. And it, it just enhances that connection between um, a dog and an owner. And all with the benefit of ideally preserving quality of life later because you've got a stronger, healthier pet. Now, apart from this lovely exercise room, have you got more spaces to show us? Yes, so come on through. This is the hydrotherapy room. Oh. And so what we have here is a hydrotherapy treadmill, or underwater treadmill. So basically... I want to describe the machine because people can't see it. So it's like a treadmill with glass walls all around it. So we can close the doors tightly, seal it off, and then it functions as a, like a bathtub and we fill it up with water. Ideally, this is used best when you're rehabilitating, you know, quite a significant injury. Quite often, the dogs that have, cruci have had cruciate repairs to their knee or luxating patella repairs, spinal surgeries, things like that, where their action and their movement is severely affected, it's a great tool to be able to assist them in here and then 
I can select how much water I want to put in and depending on what you're trying to achieve you can either put in more water and and that will help offload their joints and give them some assistance or if we want to get more flexion happening at the various joints in their legs and target certain muscle groups we can keep the water down a little bit lower so the other variable that I can control is the the speed and yeah with the acute dogs it's nice and slow and I can help with foot placement or tapping certain muscles to encourage activation with older dogs or with dogs that have different types of injuries that we're rehabilitating you know we could get the dog on for 20 minutes and we can kind of do some interval training and speed it up and get them doing some trot work and then slow it down so you get a cardiovascular workout as well so there's lots of different things you can target with this machine which is great now many dogs are scared of bathtubs how do you manage to get them in so here and how do they not get traumatized once the water is rising so it's very important when i'm discussing with the owner their dog's experience with water thankfully living in bayside most people take their dogs to the beach or have had time you know around their dogs near water so most people are saying to me oh it's fine loves the water or not so sure and, and they give me a bit of an idea as to what to expect with the younger dogs i can get in there so i can mm -hmm. stand on the side panels and so with a dog that i'm quite nervous about i will pop on shorts and i'll go in barefoot and i'll stand on the edge so you get wet feet and i get wet feet and i can just be there with my hands on the dog just to encourage them and you know remind them that they're safe once the machine is moving it's quiet but there is a bit of noise when the water comes in so that's probably the time when most dogs are like and then they see water coming and you know again going back to the treats i use the treats to kind of distract them mm -hmm. and reward them when they kind of when they cope okay with the experience and then I can control the belt from here whether I'm inside or whether I'm outside the treadmill and yeah it's just like a digital display, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Digital display. It looks very expensive to me <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to ask for the price no. <laughs> it was this no. our new car so I chose this yeah. that's what I thought <laughs> so I guess in Melbourne there's there's not that many centers for, for dog physio, so there's a few. Mm -hmm. People are aware of the service, but it is still quite a new concept for a lot of people. So I don't know if I've had maybe a couple of inquiries just for hydro. Do I try and include it in every dog's program? No, because I think it's got very set times when it's required. And if a dog doesn't need it, I think people should go to the beach, you know, or, or do some hydrotherapy in the bay. So. It's an awesome tool to have for the right type of cases, but generally I would see a lot of people and treat, do, do my physiotherapy evaluation and treatments and exercise out here and never venture down this mm -hmm. side of the practice. So it's there when I need it and, and it's very useful and a lot of vet practices like that I have it because it's, you know, it's a, a, such a useful tool, but it's not something that's included in every dog's program. Mm -hmm. But it truly looks like a wellness center. You've got the cupboard with all the towels. What I'm missing is sort of banana lounges where the dogs are lying down with, you know, the towel wrapped around their head. Sunny's on and And sauna, solarium. <laughs> well, we, we, we put a lot of thought into how it looks. And yeah. it is a beautiful space. 
And we went to interior designers, these really great girls in Windsor. They've got a, a, an interior design studio called Golden. And they, we approached them. They'd have done a lot of wellness centers for people. All right. So I <laughs> followed their work and I loved what they did in the human space. And then I decided to call them and tell them that I wanted to do it in the doggy space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we giggled and whatnot. And they had, a, they had time in their schedule and they took us on. And so... They specified the colors and the materials, you know, the cork and the tartan curtains, which really are me. Being Irish, they're very much suited to me. And the colors are great. They're bright, they're warm, they're friendly. You know, I think that was on the brief when I went to meet them. They, they, they did an interview with me and said, you know, what are we trying to achieve here? And I think the main things I wanted to emulate in the Dog Wellness Center was a fun, friendly, inviting, playful space. Mm. Mm. And I think they delivered that brief really well. And every time I come to work, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. <laughs> and all the dogs, a lot of people comment and say, you know, the dogs are really comfortable here. So I treat them on the floor. Some mm. physios bring them up onto tables. Yep. I like to get down and be on their level. And, you know, at the start, it's just me talking to the owner and letting the dog just have a sniff and check the place out really and, and, and get comfortable. And, and then by treating them on the floor, I think they're a bit more relaxed. Mm. And so a lot of owners have commented and said their dog's happy here. They're not, they don't behave the same way they do while they're waiting in the, the wait room for the vet. And that means a lot to me. I really, you know, I'm really happy about that because it's their space. This, mm. is, this is for cool. them. That was Pearl Casabon, physiotherapist and owner of the Dog Wellness Centre in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to find out more, check out the website tdwc.com.au and TDWC stands, of course, for the Dog Wellness Centre. Hey, do you remember that song? The Marvelettes, please, Mr. Postman, from the year 1961. Were you born by then, Katya? <laughs> no, that's a little bit before my time, Adrian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So I think I was just coming out of my nappies back then, but uh, I do remember that song. Uh, it's a girl who's waiting for a letter from her boyfriend. Well, speaking about letters, we did get letters, well, somewhat a letter, we're not talking snail mail. We got an email from Stella and she was referring to the insect food from Eat Small. We did an interview with Veronique and um, they're slowly expanding in Europe, but Stella found a place in Australia. She came across plantpowerpets.com.au and they claim all items are 100% free of animal products. So they're vegan. Oh, okay. Uh, that could work, couldn't it? Definitely for dogs. I'm not sure about cats, but I think it's uh, worth investigating and following it up. Actually talk to them. Well, we'll see. Yeah? But anyway, thank you very much, Stella. And we got posts from Jane and she sent us a picture of dogs in Nepal. These dogs, they were decorated with garlands and marks on their forehead. And that has a reason. Then it does make them sacred and empowers them to place all those 
they encounter on this day. And that day is the Kukur Tiha festival. It's a mini festival within the larger Hindu celebration of Diwali. That's the festival of lights. Always happens every year, sort of end of October. And the Kukur Tiha festival is the second day of that festival. It's the second day of the dogs. And if you go on Google, Kukur Tiha Festival, you find all these beautiful pictures of decorated dogs. It's worthwhile. Well, sounds interesting. Thank you, Jane, for that suggestion. And if you have any ideas, suggestions, interesting products you'd like to alert us to, then send us an email to woofwoof at topdog.space. So once again, thank you, Jane, for the tip and the cute photo that would be my top dog if we didn't already have one that's right on this week's top dog her name is alisa she she's some white poodle cross and her owner her name is ellie i met her in a dog park and guess what she revealed that there is some issue with her partner oh Your dog's name is Alisa. Yes. What made you decide to call her that? That was her name. We adopted her. So you didn't think of renaming her? Did you like the name, obviously? Oh, I just thought that it's her name. I couldn't change it. It was already her name. How old was she then? She was nine months old. Yeah. And um, how did the adoption go? How did it get to that? Uh, well, we were searching for a dog and then we found a family who couldn't take care of her anymore and so we adopted her. But we're still in contact with the original, yeah, with her original family. Yeah. And how easy or difficult was that process? or the, How long did it take for her to adapt to you? I think it happened pretty quickly. Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. But I think it maybe it's hard to tell as well. Probably it was challenging for her to adapt to the different routines but yeah it seemed like it was easy mm. from the outside but you could think nine months is not that old yet so there's still puppies at that age aren't that's they? true that's true and, and how, old is, how old is she now now she will be two in uh, january so yeah she's about 18 months and what kind of dog is she I would, well, wait, can wait. I have a guess? Yes, go for it. <laughs> well, there's a bit of poodle in her. Yes, uh, we think there's a bit of poodle, but we're not exactly sure yeah. what, what she is. So she's white, she as is. white as snow. Yeah, she's very white. It's easy to um, maintain, is the wrong word, but to... To, to keep uh, her clean? <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I guess so. I think so. In the winter time, then, you know, you have to wash her paws and everything. I think you just see the dirt more, but it's the same amount of dirt as any other dog. Mm. Yeah. And what does it mean to you having a dog? Is it the first dog in your life, or did you no, have before? No, I've had other dogs before. Yeah, but she's a com she's a companion. She's a very good friend. And how much do you spoil her? Uh, like a typical. I try not to uh, spoil her too. Much. I try not to spoil her too much. What does a typical day look like for Elisa and you? Um, well, it depends on whether I'm at home or not, like, and that depends on my <clears throat> on my schedule. But maybe like we wake up and then she goes like she always wakes up with 
very very early with whoever's up and then we'll go for a walk and then she'll be at home and then we'll come home when, when one of us gets home then we'll go for for a play at the park mm. yeah and what about the days when you are at home all day uh then probably she gets another another walk yeah <laughs> and like lo- longer walk in the morning but i'm sure she gets spoiled somehow um well she's managed to make her way into the bed <laughs> so yeah but uh, yeah we try not to spoil her because she does have a few funny behaviors so yeah so, what are they uh that she can be quite possessive yeah so i try to so she claims the pillow and, and the no, doona well actually she she claimed like there's an issue with her and my partner sometimes so i try to make it very clear that yeah the that she is the dog <laughs> right so was was she was she first before your partner so your partner obviously came later no 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 just probably because i spend more time with her i suspect oh i see yeah okay. yeah well that's not a nice situation when your partner has to fight for no, <laughs> your attention really it's not that nice <laughs> that's true it's really yeah. not but she's lovely yeah we, we really love her <coughs> Despite her quirks. And your partner hasn't got an issue with her? No, he, he loves her too. He's trying hard. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, she does love him, she just sometimes is jealous. Elisa Le. That was Ellie, respectively Elisa, the white some cross poodle dog in a dog park in Melbourne. Unfortunately, that's the end of our show. Oh, look at that! It's Hans and Gunther with their dog Frederica. Oh dear, and again, I think they're becoming regulars. Hello, Hans. Hello, hello, it's me, Hans. Hello, Katja. Hello, Adrian. How is it going? Good, thanks. Yourself? Hello, Katja. Uh, hello, Gunther. Listen. That thing from before, you know, that wellness for dogs. I mean, it is amazing what people do for their dogs' well-being these days. Mind-boggling, actually. Yes, you nailed it, Gunther. It is mind-boggling. People spend millions and millions of dollars for their dogs on food supplements like vitamins, uh, fish oil, probiotics for gut health, for bone health, mobility, immunity support or against stress and anxiety, and so on and so on. And so on. You nailed it, Hans. In America alone, last year, dog owners spent nearly $700 million for all that. Unbelievable. So... Gunther and I have come up with a much simpler and far cheaper way to keep your dog fit and healthy. The FLJ method, named after the founder of the gymnastics movement in Germany in the early 19th century, Friedrich Ludwig Jahn. That's what FLJ stands for, Friedrich Ludwig Jahn. It was in 1811 when Jahn saw what the French invader Napoleon had done to his native land. Jahn wanted to restore the spirits of his countrymen by the development of their physical and moral powers through the practice of gymnastics. And did he so? He opened the first so-called Turnplatz, or open-air gymnasium, where students were taught to improve their health and lighten up their spirit. So, you don't need to spend millions for supplements. All you need is the spirit of the father of gymnastics, Friedrich Ludwig Jahn, 
and it is for free. Here, here. Jan promote the use of parallel bars, rings, and the high bar. Our FLJ method suggests that every household can have their own Turnplatz. The parallel bars are replaced by the two chest of drawers pushed together. The rings are replaced by a chandelier, or if you don't have one, by a simple ceiling lamp. And the high bar is replaced by a curtain rod. Easy peasy. So today is the official opening of such a Turnplatz here in our home. In true German fashion, we do it with some appropriate music. Gunter, press the button. Yes, maestro. All right, yay! Gunter, you do the high bar. That'll be the curtain rod. Frederica, you do the chandelier. And I am doing the parallel bars. Together, on my command, and as Jan would have said, fresh, pierce, cheerful, free. Here, here. Frederica, jump onto the chandelier. Gunter, take a grip on the curtain rod, and I will swing myself into bliss between the chest of drawers. Everybody, now! Did it? Both the chests tippled over. The curtain rod came loose. We must have done something wrong. And the beautiful chandelier came down. Frederica, no, it wasn't my fault. Don't be angry at me. Let go of my pants. What? What are you saying? I can't hear you. The music is too loud. Stop it, Frederica. No, bad girl. Let go of me. You're breaking my pants. Stupid FLJ method. What? What did you say, Gunter? Nothing. Yes, you did. I can clearly hear what you said. Ah, stop it, Frederica. Stop it right away. How dare you, Gunter? Oh, my God. Let's quickly uh, get out of this. Let's hang up. Yeah, thank God there's a button to stop the whole whole craze. Okay, thank you very much, Hans and Gunther and Frederica. Hope everything is okay with you guys. And this is the end of our show, Katja. Um, anyway, if you liked what you heard, and if you like to tell your friends, please do so. And go on to our website, www.topdog.space. You can also find us in your favorite podcast app or podcast portal. Bye-bye. And I say bye-bye too. My name is Adrian. Say hello to your dog from me. And from me. Mm-hmm.